You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez. Clary with you. Do not fear. We got the day baseball on the TV, on the television set. Who hits a home run in the first inning? Wilson Contreras. <laughs> Don't. Hey, there's a reason we held on to him. None other. We are all tied up with the Cardinals 3-3 three three right now. In the top of the eight, Seiya Suzuki, the next Shohei, as some call him. Take, that's not a strike. No, that no, is no, believable. We are talking Bill Bush. <laughs> so Bill Bush talked today. So did Brian Applewhite and Barrett Root as well. A couple of players in addition to those guys. Um, let's first talk Bill Bush and special teams because I said this on Vershawn's show, and the value having a guy and just any special teams coordinator having the value of them talking to the media is extremely high especially in a time where Nebraska's special teams unit last year was atrocious. It was not great. Right? You had a kicker that hit 50% of his field goals last year um, who they struggled in the first couple games, and then against Oklahoma, Connor Culp hits a 51-yarder, and you're like, all right, we're back. We're fine. <laughs> and then in that same game, he gets his extra point blocked right before halftime, and they return it for a two-point conversion. Like, it was just such a bumpy road. Then he continued on. I, I don't need to bring all of them up, but the one that comes to mind the most is Michigan I don't need State. To, but I will. <laughs> Michigan State, right? The the guy completely punts it the wrong way, uh, and you could argue that Nebraska wins that game if that does not happen. And uh, just time after time, Nebraska struggled on special teams. Now we get the ability to hear from a special teams coordinator in Bill Bush, who has had success recently, right? Both at LSU and now here at Nebraska, and. Vershawn and I were talking about this, like, you get to hear the intricacies of special teams, right, kicking, punting, and and all that through his mouth. And it's not through Scott Frost's mouth who is watching it on the side while an analyst is helping them out, right? So I actually asked Bill Bush today how his group has responded to having a unit that is invitation only. Because when he said that in the studio to Vershawn and I the other day, it really kind of perked my ears up because that's something that's not been the case in Nebraska, right? Having starters, having true players, your best players on the team, having to worry about special teams play as well. And Bill Bush was like, listen, there's got to be some some degree of accountability. There's got to be some degree of you got to want to be on special teams and the talent you have to actually work to be on special teams. So here's Bill Bush answering my question today. They responded really well to it, so they understand like that how, how cool it is to be one of those guys in those spots. Because I try to point it out to them how important it is in, in this in this deal. It's like it's like punt. How important is that to be the protector, to be able to punt it, be able to do those things? So they've taken the invitation only uh, to a high high level. And there's a bunch of people that are trying and scrapping to get onto into positions like that because I always use the term dudes over drills like that drills are great but it's the guys executing the drills like that so I got to have the best players out there that can possibly do it in that spot and sometimes for certain positions 
uh, uh, maybe it's not a starter, it's somebody that could be, but he does, he, I call them LRPs, limited role players, but they can do one task extremely well and let's get them out there. It also builds up the, uh, uh, the energy on your team. That little dudes over yeah. drills thing reminds me of it was it was either Mickey or um and now I can't remember the offensive coordinator Whipple Whipple it was either Mickey or Whipple that said um if I have better players it makes me a better coach Mickey so Mickey just said that on Monday so they're all like it's it, all on the it's, same page yeah you, Rico you, it's it's <laughs> it's all coming together better players make a coach better because yeah. when you have talented you can recruit players, all you want. But, like, if you have talented players, it makes yeah. your job in calling plays so much easier because you know that whatever you call, you have guys that can And there's confidence that. there. There's confidence in that. Like, like, and even if they make a mistake, guess what? They're talented enough to make up for exactly. that. Exactly. Well, and one thing that he mentions LRPs, limited role players, as well later on in the quote. And the first thing that I thought of when I hear, heard that is it sounds like a coach that is adapting to the player's skill set. What? Right, the, you don't it, you don't force your players into roles that they that are not they are suited. Not, they're for. not good at. They're not you, developed for. They're not. They're not. You suit yes. your your plays and your roles around the skill sets that your players have. Exactly. Like one thing. Don't that, one square thing that peg Mickey, round hole it. One thing that Mickey Joseph said. Now I know we're switching coaches back and forth here, but one thing that Mickey Joseph said right after he got here was when he was asked, you know, what makes you such a great coach and great developer. Is he says I identify the strengths and I don't mess with them. I try to I like obviously I develop those strengths, but I'm not going to try it when I, when I notice a kid's strength. I'm not going to try to change it because I want him to be strong in something else in a different department. Mm -hmm. He's going to fine tune that strength, but then he's going to assess what needs strengthening in his game in in whatever athlete's game, and that's where he's going to focus. Because why would you mess? If a guy is, is so good or is, is extremely quick off the ball, why would you put him in a position to block when he could be a gunner or he could be a returner? Like, there, there's like obviously now that's a very basic level and that's a very generalized comment. I understand that. but uh, and, and there's more, how, how should I say this, more complex situations with an actual staff and with the roster. I understand that. But... As basic as you want to say it, I mean, listen, Bill Bush just said limited role players, a guy can be good at one thing and I'm going to use him or, or put him in that situation because he's the best on that team in that thing, but he might not be the best at punt return, but he's really good at blocking on kickoffs. Yeah, if you've got a guy like, that's, that excels at one thing, you're not going to try and put him into different situations where he's maybe not as not as proficient. Like, you take, you take and I, you know, we're, I'm just jumping around from, from – uh, from collegiate to NFL, but you take Matt Slater, mm -hmm. who who has played for the Patriots for I don't know sixteen years or something like that. They drafted him as a wide receiver, and he has made the Pro Bowl as a special teams player and has been a captain for the Patriots for multiple seasons because they realized he's not the greatest receiver, but you know what he's really good at? He's really good on special teams mm -hmm. on on. But he's not the returner. He's he's blocking. He's tackling. He's doing all of the little things. And he's so good at that that he's carved out a role for himself where he makes the Pro Bowl year after year just as a special teams player. So if you have a role that you can fill, if you have a skill set that you are extremely proficient with the coaches or at least in this case, Bill Bush has realized I have players who are 
like you said, extremely fast off the ball and are pretty solid tacklers. Let's put them at gunner. I have guys who are willing to take dudes head on and, and attempt to block them. Let's put them on the front line mm -hmm. and they're really and they're, you know, solid blockers. Put them on the front line on kickoff or on kick return and see if they can block. I have guys who aren't afraid of contact. Let's put them as gunners on kickoff team so they yeah. can run down and be the first guys down there to make contact with the return man. You have guys who are good at certain things. Use them. Use their skill sets in those situations. Yeah, and, and so it's a welcoming sight. And with that, as you guys understand, I mean, you got to have players and, and guys that are bought into wanting to be a part of special teams. And, and that's why I asked this question in all honesty is because I'm curious how Bill Bush or any special teams coach makes it a desirable task, right? Because when you think about it, if you're not the kick returner or the punt returner, it's not sexy, right? Like, do you really want to go line up there on fourth down and just hit a dude right across from you and, and engage in a block and that's it? Like, it's not a sexy task, right? But and what if you're the one that makes the tackle, exactly. the, the touchdown saving so that's, tackle? That's what where if you're it's the like, gunner on a, on a punt and you get down there and you lay the big hit on exactly. a returner? What if you're the guy on, on kick return who lays – the, the the perfect block, the one block needed, the one extra mm -hmm. block needed to spring somebody for a kick return touchdown. Like, those are the things that you're looking at. Like, you're going to go out there, you're going to do your job, but at some point, you could be the difference between a big play and a complete mess up, which, I mean, that's yeah. a lot of pressure, but at the same time, it's it's like you said, it's not sexy, and your name isn't going to be remembered for the touchdown. Exactly, yeah. But... Kenny in Bell film, in film you'll know. I mean, this is this was on offense. It was the special teams, but Kenny Bell's block in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, everybody it was, knows a, blow, it. It was a blowout. You know, we yeah. don't talk about the end result. That play didn't even count because that was a flag, and the touchdown came back. Mm -hmm. But that is something that everybody remembers. That's true. Like, yeah, I'm just so curious on how Bill Bush made it desirable, right? Like, how does because obviously it's invitation only. So now he said guys are scratching and clawing to try to get a spot on this team. And I think it's good, right? It shows that there's standard, there's expectation with everything from the offense to defense to special teams. There's expectation and there's a standard being put in place to deserve a spot on this special teams unit. So I thought that was really fascinating. Uh, Bill Bush said a lot of interesting things today. Ramir Johnson, once again, being a frontline blocker. Um, you guys know the story of him coming off the field in one of the early spring practices where he, he looked at Coach Bill Bush and said four for four. Watch After four tape. reps, yeah, watch the film, coach, four for four. So things like that make you excited because, once again, Nebraska fans are starving for change. Whether it's change on the field, change on the scoreboard, change on the record, Nebraska fans are starving for change. And once again, this is just another example of how things are changing behind the scenes um, in, in the special teams unit. So with that being said, Brian Applewhite also talked about um, some running backs today. And we don't have any audio, unfortunately, but... With Brian Applewhite, it's super, super interesting because he mentioned one of the first things he said was that the running back race or competition right now is like a horse race. And one guy, Gabe, one day, Gabe Irvin will be out in front, number one. And then number two, or excuse me, day two, it'll be Anthony Grant. Then the next day, it will be Ramir Johnson. So there's three guys battling for number one. Anthony Grant's kind of had the leg up in the last couple couple days. So he said that Anthony Grant's kind of emerged as RB1. But once again, it goes back to this whole discussion of Nebraska needs to find one guy or needs one guy to separate himself 
right? Separate himself from everybody else. Now, if Applewhite isn't concerned about that, I don't want to make a big deal out of nothing. But on one side of the coin, it's great. The competition is amazing. That's, it's, that's it's fantastic. Been, it's to been have great every year, right? On the other side of that coin, is that kind of pointing to something that we heard earlier in the week from Mickey Joseph? Is that a lack of consistency from yeah. one person? Is that, you know, somebody has a good practice while another person has a bad practice, and then it yeah. flip-flops. That person has good practice. The other one has a bad practice. Is is that what it is, or is it just that they're all playing so well and somebody just has a better practice than somebody else? That's, that's my mm. only question. I don't want to read too far into that because – if Applewhite doesn't seem concerned about it, I don't think I should now, be concerned about it. But it's it's good to have three running backs, but as you just said, are you going to have that one workhorse emerge and have that one person you can go to, you know you're going to go to, everybody else knows you're going to go to, and it's still going to work out. So he was asked um, about having a 1A guy, and this kind of works into the conversation. Applewhite said this, quote, it's a huge deal for me. When we get a 1A guy, um, he goes, I guess it's been coined as RB1. So once a running back one emerges, emerges I think Nebraska's going to have a real good running back. Um, he said it also comes down to consistency and effort. Who shows me who wants it every day? Who's going to be the most physical and consistent every day? The guys are trying to strive towards that, which is making my decision hard. I don't want an easy decision. So... Like I, I, I'll say this, and and I was you know a couple feet away from Brian Applewhite when he was saying when he was answering this question. Like, I wouldn't say that the look on his face was concern or or his mannerisms were concern. It was more of we got to get this thing buttoned down and figured out. Got to iron out. It's like a, be a, a little bit, a little sense of urgency. I, I think I think that's a good way to to describe it because they don't want to be in the same situation that Nebraska's in in years past, and and I think this is a good approach to it. They don't want to be in the same situation that they have been in years past where you're sitting there in week five going, all right, who wants to step up this week? Mm-hmm. Who should we go with this week? Because who do we feel great about this week? Now, there was some conversation this morning about a running back by committee kind of approach. And and again, I don't have a problem with that as long as you're riding the hot hand, as long as you're not you know, kind of married to the you get two series you get two series as long as you ride the hot hand if somebody's having a good day you stick with them yeah until you have to go to somebody else exactly and and like here's the thing there's a lot of I have a lot of faith in Brian Applewhite because of what we've heard this this offseason so far um, but I am curious to see how this kind of thing shakens out or shapes out because <laughs> thank you thank Sorry. you how it how it kind of how it kind of uh, works itself out because there are a lot of talented guys in that room. Um, but it's the same thing that Mickey Joseph said on Monday, right? It's where Mickey said when he was talking about the leadership in, that, in the wide receiver room specifically, he said something along the lines of, listen, I can only do so much. At, at some point, the guys in the room have to take charge and have to take leadership and have to take um, responsibility for what they're put, what the, the product they're putting out on the field. And with that in mind, that – same thoughts could go with the running backs because you have a guy in Gabe Irvin who was the starting running back as a true freshman because he did all most of the most of the areas of the game well Mm -hmm. and then you have a guy in Anthony Grant who has experience at New Mexico Military Institute and you bring in a guy uh, bring a guy back in Jacques Yant who had the great game against Northwestern right Mm -hmm. but then they pull him and and like things like that can't happen now 
the Northwestern one, I believe this person, this this person on the text line, for example, don't pull Yan after you basically got your offense down the field and then don't play him the rest of the game against a rival. Um, if that's the Northwestern game or that, that massive run that he had, he was sucking air after that run. So getting him back in the game mm-hmm. when he couldn't breathe, now he's in much better much shape better now. Shape. Be- must, much, much better, better shape, shape now. Holy smokes. But at that point, he was gassed. Yeah. Talking about Iowa. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, got so, no, I got nothing for that one. I don't yeah, know. no, Iowa's. I got nothing the for entire, that one. <laughs> the, the, Chase B, the entire Iowa game was a question mark yeah, in itself. Yeah, I know. That game is, I don't know. <laughs> that, that entire Iowa game was a question mark in itself. So we'll, let's continue this. Let's take a break. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. With this running back by committee approach, Brian Applewhite said something along the lines of, Understanding, he first of all, he's like, I'm going to do whatever Mark Whipple tells me to do, which perked my ears mm-hmm. up because that shows that Mark Whipple is in charge. So that perked my ears up. I like it. I like it a lot. And then second, he he said something along the lines of of designing plays for specific backs. So I once again, like it. we'll dive into that a little bit deeper coming up in a couple minutes. You're listening to the Happy Hour. Let us know what you guys are thinking. 402-464-5685. We'll be right back on the ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.